Hello? Oh, hey, uh, hey, Miguel, it's Nikki. Oh, um, hey. Um, I, ju I just want to apologize for the way I acted before. That, that, that was, that was my own stuff. It had nothing to do with you. Okay, um, well, thank you. Okay, well, anyway, that's it. Um, sorry to bother you. Good night. He never replaced you, Nikki. All right, well, my work is done here. It's all on you now, my friend. Hey, things go well tonight? You know, like, she says yes <laughs> She's and everything. Dead. Would you stand up the altar with me? You know, maybe say a few words at the reception? We both knew what he meant, but he just, uh, <laughs> he couldn't say the words. He, he couldn't call me his best man. Because I think that somewhere, deep down, he was saving that place for you. You know, if you wanted to, we could do the rehearsal dinner toast together. Oh, you know, I, I don't want to give a toast. I just, I just didn't like the idea that you were going to do it. <laughs> Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC, so sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. My name's Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I, ju- I wish, wish I had those luscious locks that that your boy Miguel has. Honestly. Man, even if I wanted to in my in my prime, I couldn't get he those. He had some like root volumizer like, and a how, little bit of yeah. curly girl method going on how in there. How much hot oil is he using? I mean, woof. I need to follow his Pinterest board. That's it, for sure. It, he, he must need an entire can of moose to get that thing going <laughs> the way that it needs to go. Wow, man. It's beautiful. Absolutely. <laughs> it, is, it is it is gorgeous. Beautiful. <laughs> I concur. I concur, my darling. Marvin, normally we tell a story. What do you got a story for this evening? Yeah. Um so it's one of the more minor plots, but when uh when I began teaching, when I began my my music teaching career, um I started off originally doing long-term subpositions. I actually graduated in December of 2004. I was a little trickster. I was a little trickster. Um, I wanted to technically do my student teaching in the fall so I could actually see what kindergartners were like before they learned how to sit and raise their hands. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to see what beginning band students were like before they learned how to put their instruments together. And generally when you student teach, you do in the spring. So I extended my collegiate career, but um, I walked the stage in the spring of 2004, uh, 2004. I wasn't supposed to walk it in 2004. For spring, I was supposed to walk it in December, and I didn't just walk it. I was actually the class speaker. Um, so as they were, <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> so there I am in front of 12,000 people. And they're like, Mary, we don't see your name in the list of people graduating. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm not. <laughs> Technically. Technically, I graduate in this year. And this is much more fun than graduating in December. Anyway, so I you know, started my teaching career and I, I went to various places and did these long-term suppositions since I graduated technically in December. I didn't get yes. to have the full school year. And then I got um, my first big time teaching gig and it included chorus, band, and musical theater. Um, and I love musical theater. And I, I, I love it so very much. But I'd never directed plays. I was like very low key on the sides of theater. I was more of the band nerd than the theater nerd. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I got to tell you something. I learned that I can breathe belief into preteens. Okay. In what way? What do you mean? I got these kids connected to the source material i would you know because obviously when you're when you're fifth sixth seventh eighth grade which is generally the ages that i taught in middle school you're nervous you're nervous about what your peers think about you you're nervous about your cracking voice i mean boys and girls voices change during this this time frame sure Uh, there's a lot of things changing lots of things changing and i just decided like I don't know what I'm doing but I'm gonna go all in like I don't know what I'm doing they don't know what they're doing but and I don't know what I'm doing so we're just gonna like learn this together and when I saw in this episode Kate describe what the person was feeling it gave me all these like little chills and shivers because I know that I've been able to say similar things like that to students in the past Mm -hmm. and one of the most wild things is that even though I'm no longer a teacher right now, thanks for session, um, (laughs) and in life and, you know, now we're podcasting, which brings me incredible joy, but I've actually had multiple students of mine, multiple students reach out to me on social media or they'll bump into me into our tiny state and say, you made me believe that I could sing Mm -hmm. and made me believe I could do theater in a particular boys who are now men who have continued to sing really community choirs uh they went to sing in acapella groups in college things like that they were like you breathed belief into me and you got me excited to sing about the source material so when i saw that with kate i was like i know that feeling and it is an amazing feeling that I know any teacher or leader um, who, who leads youth, you know, you feel that magic. It is something fierce. So that is my story. <laughs> Tina here says musical theater nerds unite and band nerds unite too. Yes. <laughs> Dorks. Don't hate that you're tone deaf. That's your props. That's true. Very, very true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so remember, before we get into uh, everything in this episode, we would love to let you know that you can actually find Blake and I on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we do go live on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram on a weekly basis for this. But in addition to other podcasts, we actually podcast about uh, Outlander. And a fandom that was referenced in this television episode, the Harry Potter fandom. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes. Fun fact. What's that? Which, oh, we'll mention it in the in the podcast. We'll, we'll oh, mention okay. it. Yeah, yeah sure. We'll mention it. All yeah, right, because no. let's, let's just get this party started. We've been having this pre-show and um, taking care of all this stuff. We're, we'll talk the HP Alliance in a hot second. Yes. But before we do, we wanted to remind you, MarianBlake.com is your one-stop shop for all of our podcasts. And if we are bringing you joy... If you laugh, if you listen to us on your commute or at the gym or while you walk the dog or when you can't fall asleep, and if you have $2 a month that you can spare towards us, 
We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. You can do that at jointhenerdclan.com. You want to do that by Saturday night because Blake's going to be getting a makeover <laughs> by myself, Minute with Mary Makeover. We're going to be doing two extra events for our friends at our Patreon community, jointhenerdclan.com. We'll be doing a live group Zoom and also a group watch where we're going to watch a television show or movie of the patron's choice. On that note, let's get into the show. Here we go, Blake. Episode Deets. Yes, episode 512 of This Is Us is called Both Things Can Be True, and this title, I think, works on many different levels for this episode. We'll get to that in a little bit. Mm. Uh, but the director was Chris Chris Koch. Uh, he has directed uh, Three Sentences, The Most Disappointed Man, The Fifth Wheel, A Philadelphia Story, Toby, Songbird Road, Part 1, The Pool, Part 2, Flip a Coin, and this is his... Uh, first episode since 2019, of course, that being both things can be true. Yes. So the writer was Danielle Bowman. Uh, she was actually a staff writer for This Is Us for many years. She actually has, this is her third credit for This Is Us. The first one was Hell of a Week, part two, and the next one was The Graduates, and this is her third credit. So that is that. Marvin, your lemonade rating for this episode. Before I give my rating, this is the time for our friends who are joining us live. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram friends. Tell us your rating on a scale of one being the worst, five being the best. What are your thoughts on this episode? For me, I give this episode a 4.6. 4.6. How come? I liked it a lot. Yeah, you liked it a lot. Didn't cry. No, I, I, liked I, it didn't, a lot. I didn't cry either. Yeah. I, I definitely didn't cry either. Uh, but it was good. I, I it enjoyed was re- it. It was really a good episode. For me, I'm giving it a 4-3. Okay. I enjoyed it. And I talked to you about the multi-leveled and multi-layered uh, title for this episode, Both Things Can Be True. And I kind of want to talk about it here real quick. And this is one of the reasons why I like this episode so much. I love how this pl- uh, how this title plays in all facets of the story. M- Miguel can be Jack's best friend, but also be Rebecca's husband later on at the same time. Nikki can be ousted from the family, but Jack can save his best man spot hmm. for him at the same time. Kate can want and perform at a job, but still miss her kids at the same time. Toby can want to support his wife, be with his kids, and still hate it at the same time. (laughs) And Randall can feel both neglected and loved at the same time by his adopted family, whereas Beth can accept Alex, but still feel uncomfortable. And Tess can respect and love her mom, but still feel like crap when she knows that Beth doesn't have to try with her other siblings the way that she does. And as much as all of that rings true for me, there are some things in this episode that do not ring true for me. We'll get into those in a little bit. But a 4-3. I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. That's it. What do you got for your GBG? You're good. You're bad. And you're great. Our friends online joining us live, you throw in your GBGs in the comments as well. My good, I think Miguel might be a Gryffindor. You're a wizard, Harry. Like, at least a Gryffindor. Uh, I mean, he loves snacks. <laughs> he loves snacks. And he loves uh, inflatables. We know that. And I don't know necessarily which house would be the most inflatable house. But how, how is he brave and how is he courageous? That's the thing. I think 
hit one act of bravery was standing up to Rebecca's dad and making him do the right thing, mm-hmm. making him be fair by Jack fair and enough. standing up for his friend. Yep. I also think that it was very brave of him to accept Nikki's um, apology and to not like go head to head right away with him and, and kind of make it into a really big fight. I think mm-hmm. he could have easily done that. Like, who the hell are you? Like, you chose to disappear. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I chose to be with this family and you chose to disappear. Um, so I don't I don't know. I've just, uh, three cheers for Miguel. My bad is that Miggy needs his own moment. Miggy needs a moment. Yes, he does. You know, we spent a lot of time with hashtag who are they. Let's hang out. With the other three, okay? Let's do this. And my great is just the whole idea to be true to those who you love. Um, You know, to be true to yourself. um, To be open and honest. I just loved loved the theme that really was woven with everybody. Yep. Karen here on Facebook says, I think Hufflepuff equals inflatables. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm not going to say no. I love inflatables. You do. But I am also Griffinpuff. So... (laughs) Oh, we're having a little visitor. Felicity, do you want to say hi to everybody? You, you want to say hi? Oh, here's our little visitor. It's Ty Ty. <laughs> and she's got a Rapunzel in her hand, too. All right. Uh, my good, my bad, and my great. How interesting. What? She has a tingled Rapunzel. We're talking about oh, Mandy Moore shows. Oh, yes. All right. Oh, oh no. Wrong one, Blake. <laughs> I meant to play. Bam. All right. So my good for me is the fact that Randall finally just stops talking and he simply listens. He 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 is such a like he's not Randall has has dominated a lot of this show and it's and it's not that it's bad or wrong, it's just that I like the fact that he sat and listened to everybody. He heard everybody else's story. Uh, and it's no coincidence that he called himself a great orator uh, today, well, in this episode. But then at the same time, in contrast, just listen to everybody. I like that a lot. My bad. <sighs> I find that Beth's struggle with Tess... It's odd because my interpretation of Beth is that she has been very uh, forward-thinking, very progressive, very accepting. I, I simply just don't believe that she would have an issue the way that she does. Um, I'm also seeing it in the fact that this is her oldest born child who, you know, she still sees as like a baby in her eyes is coming to a place where she wants to be physical. Sure. You know, with a partner, like, not necessarily sex, but, you physical. know, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like, in, in, Deja's, in. Deja's always been a little older, so, yes. I, you know, it's not like... It's not like Beth saw Deja as a baby, and so I think no matter who Tess was hooking up with I think she would have had a reaction mm-hmm. um, no matter what and I think Tess would have been upset how dare you barge in on me you know we, we all can th- think back to that time where especially if you were the oldest of the children your parents did not react well to when you wanted to get a little little touchy mm-hmm. little kissy with your, with your honey but 
this is something that Tess is is very aware of. Um, so th- I think that that's hard. I think that that was something that I, as a parent, wanted also kind of brought up. Like, you know, Beth sitting there and she's saying, I don't. I don't think I gave a face mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there saying you probably gave a face and you would have given a face no matter what. Right. But the door was you, closed. You caught your, your child, you know, in a, in a, you know, a relatively compromising position. And I wish that she was able to say that to Tess, right. that I would have reacted if, you know, Malik was here with with Deja with the door closed. Um, but, but particularly, like, I still think of you as a baby. So this is, you know, they've got that whole level going on where it is teenager girl and mom and trying to find their happy medium. But on the flip side, this is a way that Beth can't easily connect right now sure. with Tess. So I appreciate Tess's sensitivity to it. Yeah, and I appreciate the fact that sometimes you're just not on the same page with somebody. Like, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, and and that, you know, I wanted to save this for later, but that is actually one of the things that I quite loved a lot, which was not everything was just wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow that sometimes This Is Us is want to do. Tess and Beth have this moment where Beth seems like, "Hey, we're on the right path here. We're in the right. We're on the right uh, track." And Tess says, "Yeah, okay, mom. Like, not not all is well. Not all is perfect in House Pearson, uh, in in this you know in Philadelphia. You know, so. yeah. Because what I think it more is is it's more an undercurrent of these kind of conversations in general. Not not the house rules of hooking up, right? But just that just." Beth having just open and honest conversations with Tess. And if, because we, we don't necessarily know if Beth has had any other um, transgendered, non-binary individuals in her life. Sure. I, I I'm would, feeling I would. like no, exactly, yeah. because she's just having such an issue with pronouns. So, you know, even though Beth is modern, mm-hmm. The fact that she's having these reactions of like, how do I say this? And am I doing this right? Leads me to believe that this is her, you know, this is the first person that she's being introduced to. Yes. Um, And I think that it would, I kind of want Beth to sit down with Alex. Alex seems really great and chill and And like understanding. Yes. And I kind of feel like Beth could sit down with Alex and be like, listen, can we just like, can you? Can you help me <laughs> like explain things to me so I don't insult you? I don't insult my daughter. Like right. my heart's in the right place. Just help me out. <laughs> I mean, that's that's honestly the kind of conversations that I've had to have with friends where um, you know who are just different in in all sorts of ways than me. I mean, right. it's as long as you come from a place of love and trust, and you are willing to ask questions carefully and kindly and you you kind of have that dialogue out there where it's like if i accidentally do say something that's wrong please correct me but also know that it's not meant to be but i'm right. i'm curious and i want to do the right, right thing right. i think that that would be an incredible none of it is coming from a bad place it's coming from a place of either i hate to use this word, but ignorance or just being unaware yeah you know like and that's what's tough is i think because tess is the age that she is um it's something that she 
is aware of and she's obviously been been doing a lot of searching with her own um, identity so she is much more aware than her dog than her mother and this isn't like what they teach you at pto nights right right you know what i mean like they're not like so you know today we're going over pronouns yeah (laughs) which they kind of might start having to do i wouldn't be surprised all right but you know what let me finish my great here except i i haven't got even gotten to it yet and we got we got to do that um my great first it's a tie uh it, the first one is there's a moment when milo kneels down in front of john huertas when he is about to give the ring over and as he Can kneels you say, down like, their real names sorry jack and jack yeah. and uh, miguel um there's a moment when Jack and I don't know if this was scripted. I don't. It feel it felt genuine. It felt off script. But Milo just starts laughing out of and like it, it felt like a very genuine laugh. And I and if it was off script, I love the fact that they kept it in there because it was again. It was it was very endearing. It you know it's something that anybody would do you you just you just start laughing like this is this what we're doing is ridiculous and because it was so quick and it was so to the point it felt like it was off script and i love that they kept mm. that in there it reminded me of that time when um when when mandy moore was handing over the bowl of cereal and she almost uh spilled it all over the kids remember <laughs> yes. that in that episode yeah yes. i love that part too uh but the uh the other great for me is hashtag justice for miguel y'all been sleeping on my boy miguel oh my good <laughs> that soundbite is perfect i know for this episode. <laughs> it is great uh I love the fact that we finally get some real characterization for Miguel in this episode. Something that is beyond inflatables and and uh, and, and apps and apps and small plates and just being there for Rebecca. Right? We we finally get a sense that Miguel has real guilt, even though he married Rebecca, and even though he is happy, and even though he's been a great husband to her for all that we know. He still thinks about Jack every single day. So say we all. And, oh, you know what? Yes. So say we all. For all of our Battlestar Galactica <laughs> friends out there. Um, we, he, we finally get a chance where he says, um, I, the only person that I owe an explanation to is the one person that I can never give one to. Having that be put in this episode and Nikki being essentially put in his place was a perfect move for everything that happened. And I need me a Miguel episode. Go give me a Miguel episode in the worst way. Just, I need it. Agreed. It it. it doesn't even need to be the Miguel... Rebecca courtship, even though I assume that that will be coming at some point. I just need some Miguel time. Yes, yes. All right, you ready for some Big Three feedback? I do. Let's do it. And we said... That's three. Big Three? Big Three! All right, the first one comes from Kathy. She says, four and a half lemonades. The good was the realization of Beth... Yeah, four and a half. Yes, of Beth coming to grips about what's really affecting her with Tess and the raw honesty with her mom. That's hard to admit. Also, if she walked in on Deja and Malik, she would have had the same reaction. Keep that door open. I wasn't even allowed to be in my bedroom with a boyfriend. Yeah, never mind... You know, uh, then again, my high school boyfriend lived with me for a little while, so that was crazy. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, 
Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, bad. The bad. The whole Kate storyline. Oh, no. But I like the honest conversation between Toby and Madison about not wanting to be with their kids 24-7. And the great I have two, LOL. Miguel, Miguel, Miguel. You know what? I'll just play it again. Y'all been sleeping on my boy Miguel. It's about time he finally gets a chance to speak out. The whole conversation with Rebecca's dad and Uncle Nicky. Finally, Miguel gets his day and his place in the family. And second, Randall, hopefully, realizing that he isn't the only person in the world who's been going through some of the things that he's been through. And hopefully, he'll realize how lucky he is to have had and have everything in his life. Uh, Yes, Absolutely, Kathy. That the your good was uh, Beth and 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 uh, and her mom. And that scene, I think, is probably one of the best scenes in the whole episode. Where there's just nothing that Beth can say anymore. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing that she can do, and all she needs is just love and care from her mother. And even her mother admits, like. Yeah, I did the wrong thing, man. I did the wrong thing, and it took me 20 years to finally get here and sit in this couch and just puts her head on her mother's shoulder. Like, Mm. you know, you could be an adult and still need affirmation from your parents. You know, you still have that moment where you're like, I'm just a kid still. I just need someone to comfort me. I need that from a parent figure. I just love that episode. I love that moment in the episode. All right, we got some uh, voicemails here. You ready for them? Yes, I am. All right, let's do it. Hi, this is Jake from Missouri. Hey, and Jake. I give this episode of This Is Us a 4.4 out of 5. Uh, some of the things I really liked were the stuff with Miguel, um, the current day stuff with him and Nikki, I really enjoyed especially their phone conversation at the end, even though Nikki had the phone upside down. Uh, I really <laughs> liked when they brought back Tim Matheson. Yes. Uh, and they had the stuff with Rebecca's dad. I thought that was really a really great monologue. Yep, agreed. Um, the bad, definitely the stuff with Kate's new coworker. I think that he is ridiculously mean for no reason. And I feel like it's just there to kind of set up conflict for Kate. Um, and then also the stuff with Beth and Tess. I find myself just really not caring about their storyline together. Whereas all the stuff that we've had with Deja, it really hits home with Randall and Randall's story. And so it makes me feel more attached to it. Uh, and then the great was that scene where Randall is in uh, group therapy for the first time. And these people are sharing and it's just reminding him of all these moments from his childhood. I thought that was just really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. And it made me really excited um, for the conversation that him and Kevin are going to have mm. hopefully next week or in a couple weeks. Um, Whenever the show comes but yeah, it was a solid <laughs> yeah. episode. I didn't really feel like the story advanced that much, but there was definitely enough good moments to make it like a solid TV episode for episode 13 of a season. All right, Jake, thank you so much. Thanks, Jake. Was that Jake's first time calling in? I think so. You know what? We'll, we'll play in the sound. Thank you, Jake. Um, Marvin, your thoughts about uh, Kate's coworker there being unnecessarily mean. What do you think about that? I'm interested to know if Jake is a musician. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Because I'm also interested to know what Kate's coworker's primary instrument is. Mm. Yeah. That will help me determine. You know it's a flute, right? No, he could be a vocalist. That Oh, that's a good point. That's um, a good point. He could be a pianist. Pianists, uh, they're not used to like playing with other people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd be I'm, interested. I'd be interested to know. I'm sensing. I'm sensing a flout. I'll a tell flute. you what. 
He's not a trombone player. <laughs> <laughs> not a trombone player. He could also be a clarinet player. Some clarinetists are like... Yeah, I w- yeah. you know what? That was the other one I was thinking of, too. If you got to fight for first chair, if yeah. you have to worry about sol- trumpets, if you have to really worry about being the soloist... You got an edge to you. You got yeah. this like really competitive. I'm going to tell you when you've played wrong notes and I'm going to tell you when you're actually not qualified for this. I'm first chair. You're nothing. Yeah, straight up, man. <laughs> uh, for anyone who doesn't hear the beginning of this, I'm a saxophonist, okay? Yeah. I'm pretty much as chill as they get. You know what? I'm changing I'm changing my take. Okay. My take is that he's a clarinetist. I yeah. He's a clarinetist. First chair. Yeah, first chair. Definitely. <laughs> or he's a second chair. Like, who thinks he's the first chair. Yeah. Yeah, like he thinks he should be the first chair. But the first chair's been there for like a decade longer than him, so he's just waiting for him to die. (laughs) (laughs) I got another one here. Okay. Hi, Mary and Blake. It is Gloria from Athuin. All Um, right, Gloria. Your cousin. Jake is a special ed teacher. He's joining us live. All right, Jake. Welcome. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right. Back to Gloria from Mathilde. Sorry, Gloria. Originally from Melrose, grew up there. All right. Um, so this episode I loved. I gave it a 4.5 lemonades because it was almost perfect. All right. My bad was Tess's attitude. Yep. I mean, I know she's a teenager and her brain isn't fully developed yet, but come on, sweetheart. You have <laughs> the best mom on earth. What is she doing? Hold on. My- Gloria, you're the... Come on, sweetheart. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. She's like, your, she's like your family. It's just Gloria's my... She's my spirit animal. She's my animagus. Good was Uncle Nicky making up with Miguel. Thank God that it only took one episode. It was really sweet. And my great, oh, Miguel, love me some Miguel. Sticking up for Jack with Rebecca's dad. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Just awesome, man. Best friend award ever. <laughs> love me some Miguel. <laughs> love you guys. Love the show. Can't wait for Outlander to come back. Oh, my God. I'm going crazy. I know. I am listening to All the Way Back for when you guys did season one. Oh, wow. I found him, and I'm like, oh, my God. I got to do this. (laughs) That's it. Um, Talk to you later. Thanks, Gloria. Re- I really appreciate it. You know, I'm going to play it again. Your cousin from Boston. That's my girl. Um, so that's that, Marvin. Uh, where do you want to begin? You know what? Should we just begin at the end? Should we begin at the end with... You take the lead. I've got a... I know. A wee baron in my well, arms, let's see so you if, go for it. Well, all right. Let, you know what? Let's let's do this. Um, we will... No, no. I'm letting you take the lead. Okay. I'm, I'm going to let you okay, fair be enough. the host. Oh, I'm not good at hosting. You man. are. I'm not good at it. I'm bad. I, I'm I'm usually in the b hole chair. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about the girlfriends at the end of the episode. I know that it's not the most applicable portion. The who? All the girlfriends, uh, Cassidy, and um. Okay, all the exes. And all the exes. Okay, yes, yeah, Zoe, this isn't, this Cassie, isn't sister wives. They're Sophie. Exes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The exes. Sorry. Okay, all looking at the Us Weekly or People or whatever yeah. magazine it was. Yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you make of this, Mary? What do you make of this moment? I, I and I kind of, I don't know if it's just me, but I kind of read Sophie's reaction like one of oh wow i'm really happy for him wait a minute no i'm not oh yeah it was like a smile uh 
Uh, it was a little weird. Yeah. Um, it's like she saw her mistake in going to Virgin River, and she knows she has to come back. But uh, Rebecca's dad <laughs> in this show is Virgin River. He's in Virgin River too? He's Sophie's boss. Stop it. Tim yeah. Matheson is in that this show? This is like Virgin River meets This Is Us episode. Oh, my goodness. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. my goodness. My brain just kept being like, What's going on? <laughs> Why is Doc here? <laughs> uh, Allie says that Sophie had FOMO. I would probably agree with him. I mean, was it with, FOMO with or was it ring envy? We just don't know. We just don't know. Or is she like, not my problem anymore? Uh, maybe. Jen here says, I like that all of Ke- Kevin's Because you know exes- that wasn't her ring. She got oh, yeah. she got high school cheapy yeah. ring. She got she got the one that you got at like the local toy shop. You know, like <laughs> came came out of the uh, the quarter I'm, machine. I saw each of the exes. This is how I'm taking it. I saw each of the exes happy that he is finding love and peace and the family that he's wanted all along. Yeah, but Jen here on Facebook also noticed too that they all had different reactions. Like it was I like Zoe's was like one of surprise. Almost one of like, huh, well, all right, cool. Like, and then Cassidy to me felt like almost anger. Ooh, I didn't, like, I didn't pick up on any of this. Um, I just picked up on like, oh, interesting. Oh, good for him. Aw. Yeah. I wish I had that. Right. I mean, I think there was, a, I think there was part of that for all of them. Uh, but I think there was, I don't know. It was just, there was some differences there. Um and with that in mind, I would love to talk about Madison here too, uh, because Madison finally has some real characterization as well. Uh, there's some leaps and bounds in here, specifically as it relates to her dad and the way that she grew up and why she is the way that she is uh, and why she's afraid of uh, asking things of people and trying to get what she wants from people, like whether it's kids or adults or anybody, she can't really do it. And we also get a reason why she has a whole room dedicated to Japan uh, in her, in her apartment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not just because she's weird. It's because she's trying to relive this memory of a happy family memory of her dad and her mom going on a business trip. And finally having a moment as a family together yet it was only going to last so long as it was a few months later that they were going to get a divorce or a few weeks whatever it was um having that shape her and her relationship with kevin i think is a really important step for the character madison and uh kevison in general what do you think about that yeah, I'm here for the honesty. I'm here for the openness and learning something about Madison since she's going to be hanging out at this table for a little while and mm-hmm. we do need a little bit more depth. We need to understand why she doesn't have any friends. I'm glad that she <laughs> kind of acknowledged that uh, in this episode. Like, yeah, my one friend is his sister and she's going to be my bridesmaid. Um, you know, it's it's good to get context as to why Madison has been this lone wolf. We obviously understand the big three and their quirkiness and the people that they interact with, but it was it was good. <sighs> you also wonder if that's one of the reasons why she developed her eating disorder, right? 
because that was one of the things that she could control. Mm-hmm. You know, she she can't control her. I just hope she doesn't have like an extra relationship with her favorite stay at home dad. That's what I was about to say. She's like, oh, he's Wh- not where's here. Brian? He's I love Brian. <laughs> like, and think like at first I was like, why are you saying that? But she's there with Toby. She's there with a new stay at home dad who she would love to introduce him to, trying to let him know like this is normal. This is okay. Like there's other dads here too who just rock at this. So I don't worry about her necessarily like having an affair with Brian or whatever his name is. I think that she was just hoping to introduce a normal fun guy to Toby. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Nikki in this episode. Listen, I'm not saying that Nikki was right. Uh, I don't think that he was right. I mean, Nikki kind of said what all of us have been thinking. Thank you. (laughs) And I think it's because he's been so detached from the whole experience. You know, he's been so detached from... He's also at the, like, I don't give a F old age. (laughs) Right. It was like, dude, you, you either like what I have to say or you don't. Which I one? have told Blake many a time that I can't wait till I'm retired <laughs> and I'm like a grandma and I'm just going to be able to say whatever I want to say. I mean, yes, there will be repercussions, but it still means it'll be fun. Because <laughs> you know that Nikki felt good at first when he said that and then he felt really badly. Yeah. And like. Because he did it. He apologized without even all of this stuff. It wasn't like Miguel was like, he did want you for his best man. Like. No, Nikki yeah. knew. Nikki knew what he did was wrong. We also have to give Nikki credit. This is an antisocial human being. Yeah, this probably took a lot for him. And it's probably a lot for him to take in regardless, right? Uh, this is his brother's wife. This is the person that Jack loved. And even though Nikki didn't have a relationship with Rebecca before all of this, uh, you know, it's he still has that notion of protection he still has that moment of being like i let my brother down now i can like i, I kind of want nikki and rebecca to have a bottle of wine and he carefully kindly in a in an atmosphere of love and trust and honesty say so how did this happen right <laughs> like i'm here for it i like miguel i love his taste in apps but how did honestly? You know how what? Did this Maybe <laughs> you know what, Mary. What? That, that's a good hot take. <laughs> I gotta wonder. I gotta wonder if an episode is coming up of Nikki hanging out with Miguel and, Re- and Rebecca. Maybe they're they. He's over there to help plan the rehearsal dinner or mm-hmm. do whatever. And he sits down with Rebecca and says, "Whoa." All right. You know what? Time out. Listen, Miguel, I know I apologize. I made a boo-boo with him. I I get it. You know, I did. That's (laughs) what I did. I owned it. But you you got to fess up here. Like, how did this all go down? And that would give us the precursor. That would give us the... Myself and millions of people really want to know. I know. Like, how did this all go down? And that would give us the reason and uh, the way in for that story. I think that's a really good hot take, Marvin. Good job. Hey, you know... Just bringing it, unknowingly bringing it. Um, so, the last one of the last things I want to talk about with you too the is HP Alliance. Uh, no, we're gonna get there in a little bit. Uh, but it is HP Alliance uh, adjacent, and that is that is Randall and how Randall seems so detached from all of this. 
he, he seems very detached from the whole thing with Alex and Tess. He seems very detached from Beth and her mother. He's off on his own doing group therapy. Hashtag Not, wise man. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. But to me, Randall seems like the dad that would be involved in just the same way that I feel like Beth really wouldn't have a hard time the way that she's saying that she does. I mean, you saw the preview when it reaffirmed from the previous week's episode and the conversation that happened at dinner and Randall just kind of like scoots in his seat. Yeah. This is not his battle. I would agree. Um, <laughs> and th- the fact of the matter is there, there's a couple of really important things that happen. I think is story wise. First, uh, Beth and her mother have now this, warm relationship and it seems like randall has his own things going on he has his own um things that he's fighting and but he's coming to grips with them especially as it relates to kevin so the onus of the for the the focus of the narrative the focus of the conflict can stay straight on beth and tess giving it its due giving it the 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 room to breathe and allow that conflict to be what it is. Uh, I think that was an important move for the show. So perhaps that's the reason why Randall isn't as involved in the whole ordeal that he probably, I think his character would suggest he normally would be. Uh, But that's, I think it's a very healthy thing right now. I would probably agree. Um, Oh, what else do I want to say here? See, this is why I'm not a good host. (laughs) This is why. I agree. Oh, man. Um, I think the, the, as I said earlier in the episode, the really great thing that happens in this episode is that Tess and Beth are not wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow. There's still some real territory to mine here. There's still going to be some real tension between these two. Yeah, until Tess is 22. Yeah, probably. As as a woman who went through things with her own mother, as many individuals had probably gone through with with their mother. Yes. 22 is a good age. Let's for ta- it to wrap up. <laughs> Let's talk about the flashback with Miguel and Jack. Do you feel like the whole ring thing was a little bit sitcommy? Like Nope, because as we were watching this episode, I was sitting there saying, oh my God, I am so Miguel in this moment. I would be doing everything. So for example, when Blake and I went on our first cruise together with Blake's family, um, somehow I signed Blake up to be a dancer at the like somehow opening no, went, ceremony thing. Went there with clear intent. Yeah, I signed him up at the karaoke night when they said you could sign people up to be performers. So yeah. I signed up my non-performing husband to be George Michael. Wake me up before you yeah, go. In go. front of hundreds, hundreds, multiple hundreds of people. I mean, people. like light show, backup dancers, costume. And uh, we went to the rehearsal oh. and, you know, Blake tried his best but I recorded it on my phone so I could record the choreography and we went back to our little cruise room and I helped him perfect the moves because I'm like if you're gonna do it man you gotta do it and so that's all I could think about when Miguel was like no you've gotta you actually have to take the ring box out and you have to say it like you mean it get down on one knee aren't you gonna you no no, no, I don't mean that I don't mean that I mean getting the ring on his finger and then 
having it get stuck. Like, do you feel like that was just a little... No, that happens. Listen, I'm about to officiate my first wedding. Yeah. All of my efficient resources are like, let everybody know that your rings, your fingers swell so much that generally it doesn't get on over the person's knuckle. So... Knuckles are a thing, man. They're a thing. <laughs> They're a, they, they, knuckles are a thing, yes. Gloria says, Mary, we need to see that video. That video does exist somewhere. I know that it does because I know that I've seen it before. Yeah. That, I think, will be... I'll, if I can find no, it. No, 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 no. I think that should be It a, can be a patron thing, but I have to make sure I find it first. Yes, I think we're going to have to find out where it is first. Uh, that was... That was... Oh, man, not great, Bob. You know what? Not great, Bob. Yeah, definitely not great. Um, I, I, I like how the flashback, it, oh, there it is. Yeah, it, it exists. That's your dad dancing. Hey, that's oh, so cool. Man. Yeah, this will go on Patreon. Oh, man. Yeah. That is... That's a good one. Again. (laughs) Not great, Bob. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Um, I like how the there is this big sweeping romantic thing with the umbrella and he's planning this whole thing and he's he's recreating the carnival. But you know what what it echoes? It echoes that extremely romantic night when Jack in the first season in the episode I Call Marriage went and got the old apartment that he and Rebecca shared oh, in the 90s. Oh, yes. With the uh, and, twinkle lights. And with the twinkle lights. He loves twinkle lights. He's all about the twinkle light life. The you know, mood lighting. I'm, I am all about the you twinkle are. light, mood light life as well. <laughs> so maybe I, maybe you're related to Sam Hewen in your own way. Maybe I'm related to Jack Pierce in my own way. Okay. I, I'll, I'll go with that. I'll, I'll totally go with that. I'm totally cool with that. Um, you know, as and, and you know, they have the whole thing here with Rebecca's dad and how he's going to tolerate her, him and, you know, your boy Miggy. Oh, your boy Miggy. Y'all been sleeping on my boy Miguel. Your boy Miggy stands up for Jack in the best way. And he's like, he's like no, nope. Nope, you don't tolerate Jack Pearson. He he has done everything for this girl. I mean, straight Gryffindor move right there. That is definitely a straight Gryffindor move. Yeah, because I don't think a Hufflepuff would do that. I mean, they could. They would. They could. They're very, very loyal. Yeah, but I don't think... I mean, who who was Miguel, right? To stand up to to this guy. You know, that that's... That's the fiance's father. Like a Hufflepuff, I feel like would say, "It's okay, Jack. I got you." A Hufflepuff would help him paint the thing. A Gryffindor, a Gryffindor is the one that says, "No, no, you ain't going anywhere." Guess what? I'm gonna be your other son. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so that is that. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to talk about for this episode, my love? The HP Alliance. Well, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Okay, fine. All right. It's time for some oh, in or out. So are we all done with the Kate? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Kate. Kate has her thing. Toby, WTF mate. Yeah, Toby. I don't think there's anything wrong with what he's saying about his kids. Because like. No, the fact that he's not talking to Kate about his feelings. He can have the feelings that he has about missing work and loving his kids. That is, please, like, 
Taylor's oldest time. Okay. Yes. But not being honest with his wife, who does as much honesty as she possibly can with him. Mm-hmm. At least now. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just not a fan. He needs like a journal. Maybe they need a couple's <laughs> therapist. They definitely need a therapist. They need like the Marion Blake 1030 in bed where I ask you oh. like the big questions in life. Oh my God. It's the worst. <laughs> when Mary starts doing this, all I'm thinking is, No, God, please, no, no. And then I say, Fine. No! Just tell me three things that no! you're grateful for that are unique for today. <laughs> <laughs> and then ultimately what ends up happening is the conversation happens and we're up till like 1230 at night and I have to get up at five for work. And it's just, it's just misery. It's amazing. Oh, it's the worst. It's like it's a train. It's a train that doesn't stop. You you feel it chugging and it's only going faster with each with each passing second. Um. Yeah. I, listen, Toby needs to talk, and he needs to talk to Kate. And this, I feel like, is one of those. There's a lot of underlying things that just keep building for Toby and Kate. A lot of things that just keep building, and you wonder what is going to break the camel's back. What is going to be the thing that tips the scales to where it's like, yeah, we got an issue. We got a big issue here, and I don't think we can solve this issue. Uh, I wonder if that I wonder if that is happening. Um, yeah, I think that's it. All right, anything else you want to say about this episode? No. All right, ready for in or out? Always. Let's do it. What's it gonna be, McFly? Are you in or out? All right. Uh, what has quickly, well, not quickly, but has definitely become my favorite segment in all of Mary and Blake media, although the different perspective for the Potterverse, especially when Mary does crookie voice. Oh, Crookshank's voice. Oh, man. Oh, Crookshank's voice. You're a wizard, Harry. That's that's good stuff. All right, in or out on Us Weekly? Out. I am in. I know you are. Oh. It was one of the first things that I learned about you that I was questioning in our relationship. Why? Why were you questioning that? Because you, like, love. I love it. The rag bags. <laughs> it's the best. Like, I, I have no idea why. You would have stacks of them, subscriptions, yep. and and you would talk about it. Yep. Like they're real people oh, that yeah. I care about. Mary, did you see? No. No, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to classical music. <laughs> music from like the 50s and the 60s, a little bit from the 90s. Yeah. And uh, my big one, my big one was when Jennifer Gata and Ben Affleck got together yeah. after the debacle that was J-Lo. The, the, the... <laughs> people are saying hi to you, my little love, that are live with us right now. Say hi, yeah, back. Blake's, Blake's all in. He's all in. Can you say hi in the microphone so they can hear you? No, oh, that's my little girl. So I'm all in. I was I was all in on the Jennifer Garner Ben Affleck thing when that right. happened. Yep. Oh, I was just as heartbroken when they broke up too. It's the worst. <laughs> so personal. <laughs> when, they, when we were watching the episode last night, there was a Jennifer Garner commercial for Capital One or whatever it was, and Mary starts talking. I'm like, shh, shh. You're interrupting my Jennifer Garner. I was Garner telling time. you that my knee was hurting, and I was asking you to please help me, and you're like. You just made me pause the Jennifer Garner commercial. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm like dealing with a serious injury from falling down a flight of stairs. You just made me pause, like yeah, not even miss it. Pause I'm miss, it. I'm missing my Jennifer Garner time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, interrupt on Meghan Markle, Marvin. 
in, in or out. I'm in. Uh, you know what? I, I think it's sad what's happening with she and uh, the fam, the, the the royal family, and how both she and uh, and uh, Harry feel like they have to break away from the royal family. Of course, that is always sad, regardless of whatever the reasoning is. They feel ne- it necessary to do so. But you know what? When we were watching that wedding, I was proud. I was like, "That's an American girl going over there and like doing the thing, you know, living that life and." Doing the thing. I just, I thought that was great. I'm in on Meghan Markle. All right. In or out on big weddings? Out. Personally, yeah. out. Yeah. I like to attend them. Love going. Love going. Blake loved planning our big wedding. Definitely loved planning it. Looking at, there was a time when I was way in on big weddings. I'm kind of out on them now. I'm planning big weddings. Uh, Yes, and if I could go back and do it all over again, you would just listen to me. I would have listened to you. I would have listened <laughs> to you and would have done the Jack and Rebecca thing, got married at the courthouse, and, and then we would have had a real New England clam bake. Yeah, which I, that's what I would have done. What yep. I would have done it. <laughs> all right, in or out? Oh, hip, in or out on J Lo? I'm in. I'm in on early J Lo. I'm out on current J Lo. Current J Lo. Okay, I mean. I don't see why, but maybe you read something in Us Weekly. (laughs) You know, the whole thing with Alex Rodriguez, you know, and how she's dating it. Like, I don't know. I'm just out on that. All right. In or out on. Yankees. That's all why. Yeah. It's because Yankees suck. All right. uh, In or out on. (laughs) Your cousin from Boston. In or out on rehearsal dinners. In. I'm very in on that. Because these are the people that you really, really care about. These are your family. These are the people who are making your wedding come true. Yes. And um, you get to thank them individually. You get to give them little presents. More people get to do speeches about this important time in life. This is often when you get to do like the cute little like slideshow. And I don't know. I just, yeah. it's it's a very important night for the families get to get to know each other before the, the big wedding. Yep. Uh I'm a little nervous though. The wedding that I'm officiating, yeah, the the dinner, the rehearsal dinner is taking place at that Spain place where there's lots of seafood. Oh, stay away from the scallops. Yeah, they don't, you don't want to go full exorcist. No. Um, I, you know what? I'm in on the dinner and the party. I'm out on the rehearsal part of it. That is the most important part. I'm out. You want to know why? You can't just show up and know what you're doing. Everyone's trying to be funny. Everyone's trying to say something. Everyone's trying to do something. Everyone's trying to make not them on mock. My watch. I, I hope not. Oh, I'm gonna MC the, the whole heck time. Out of that rehearsal. The whole time, everyone's just messing around. The whole time, it's just Ooh. a waste of time. All the groomsmen are wasting time. Well, that's your fault. You should have kept your guys in line. No, even with I the took we- it even seriously. To the, even to the weddings that I go to, like the one that I was just in, where one of my best friends, Ryan, we, we, we he got married in Chicago. The whole thing was a disaster because everybody was just trying to be funny. It was the, the rehearsal part of it was the worst. All right, in around on I Love Lucy. In. I'm in on I uh, Love Lucy. It was a good show. In or out on small plates for dinner. In. I'm kind of in on that too. You are totally in. I'm in. Yeah. You know what? I get multiple foods. Yeah, you do. I get a whole range, of, a whole swath. Mickey's onto something. M- Mickey is. The only problem though is when you only get like one small plate yep. and say there's only like four empanadas yes. and then there's seven people. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You don't get one? Yeah. It's like hungry, hungry hippos. And then you have to get another plate of the same thing. But you don't now want you all that much. much. So it's too much. Then you have to split. Uh, who wants to split? Nobody wants nobody to split. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to. Because then you're not but, getting enough. Well, and then you're just getting like the dough part because you know the person doesn't want to cut an empanada. <laughs> in or out on bacon wrapped dates? I'm in. I'm out. 
Have I'm you out had on dates. One? Bad dates. Have you even <laughs> had a date? I don't even think you've had a date in your life. I don't know, but you know why I'm out on dates? Because of Indiana Jones. Okay. That's when. Uh, that's when. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, oh God! What the heck's the name of the character? Rasa? Is it Rasa? Raza? Reza? Raza? Let's move on. Okay. Uh, he says, bad dates, and the monkey dies. <laughs> <laughs> in or out on pigs in a blanket? In. Uh, out. Okay. Out. Haters going to hate. Because you know the hot dogs? The yeah. little hot dogs in there? Yeah. They're never cooked right. They're always kind of like leathery. That is never good. It's For me, it's all about the bread dipped inside mustard. <laughs> Ugh. Mustard is the worst. So good. Continue. All right. Last one. In or out on jalapeno poppers? In. Why are you? Uh, Where's my HP Alliance? That's oh yeah, I've, yeah that was it. In or out on the HP Alliance? Harry that, Potter no, Alliance? No, we don't like go this long, and all I get is like oh yeah. <laughs> no, it's not no, even belonging no, in the no. internet. In, yeah, no, it, it belongs. It belongs. In or out? Sala. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Sala. Um, in or out on the Harry Potter Alliance? Tell people what the Harry Potter Alliance is, since it was referenced in this week's episode. Oh, I don't know. You, yes, you do. It's just a bunch of nerds no, that get stop. together. No. What is it? No. Okay. So it's created by fans of Harry Potter to do good in the world. And they actually find different nonprofits and organizations and things that they can support. And believe it or not, it was based in Rhode Island. The, 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 the runner and creator of the HP Alliance, which is a worldwide nonprofit organization, um, was based in Rhode Island. He just recently stepped down over the past year or so, mm-hmm. but um, they have a very big presence at all Harry Potter, ev- not all, but several Harry Potter events. They uh, do a lot of supplying books to needy schools yep. in like third world countries and everything to help with literacy there. It's incredible. And they do meet and get together. With wands. <laughs> not with wands. Well, that's what they said on the show. So the show didn't really understand how the HP Alliance works because it's like normal people who actually want to volunteer you know, I have want, dressed up normally I wonder if Danielle Bowman the writer is from this area because she's referencing the Harry Potter Alliance and we got a reference to one of my hometowns Newton Massachusetts <laughs> yes your cousin from Boston yeah the Harry Potter Alliance people will show up like the Harry Potter and the sacred text attendees show up just normal generally with the more liberal um, crunchy vibe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we talking like not wearing deodorant crunchy vibe? No, no. Buddy, like, you know how one of the ladies led the tours for how to find the, the outdoor birds and find the owls in the owl walk? <laughs> the weird That's bird lady. She's not weird. She's a weird bird lady. She works for the Audubon Society. It's literally her job. It'd be like someone saying, you're the weird donut guy. Yeah, I, fine. I'd take it. She's the weird bird lady. She's not weird. She's passionate about f- f- like fowl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So that is that. We already gave you a hot take, so we're going to close it out. Our little lass here, I think, is breaking down. She is tired. And we're going to put her to bed. So, Marvin, shall we close this episode out? Say it. Yes, no. we shall. All right, let's do it. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. That is the wrong button, Blake. That is the wrong button. It's this one. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Okay, go ahead. Thank you so much for listening to my mom and dad's podcast. Oh. I really appreciate it. Oh, look at you. You want to look into this camera right here. Look into that camera. 
and say thank you, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Can you give him a wave? Say, have fun, everybody. Have fun. <laughs> say, oh wait, I'm Mary. My name is Blake. I'm Felicity. And this is Esther. <laughs> <laughs>